Right, I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 12. Well, let's just start at verse 11. Verse 11. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us, and His love is perfected in us. By this we know that we, are, that we abide in Him, and He in us, because He has given us of His Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent His Son to be the Saviour of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him, and He in God. So we have come to know and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love. And whoever abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. By this is love perfected with us, so that we may have confidence for the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, for fear has to do with punishment. And whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If anyone says, I love God, and hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom he has seen, cannot love God, whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, whoever loves God must also love his brother. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the sacred scriptures, the holy scriptures. Thank you that they are given to us by you. But help us, Father, now as we come to, to this passage, to allow your word to work in our hearts, to convict us of sin, to teach us, to, to correct us, and also to train us in righteousness. Father, we, we thank you for the scriptures. They always are challenging our stubborn, sinful hearts. But thank you that your word is there to warn us and help us to, to keep our feet on the narrow path, to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and to keep on loving you and loving one another. Thank you for the Apostle John, and thank you for his faithfulness, and thank you again, you Holy Spirit, for inspiring this letter. Thank you that your word, Father, is all God-breathed, and it's profitable for us. So we thank you, Father. Help us now to listen, and help us listen and hear what your word has to say to our hearts. Have mercy upon us, Father. Thank you again for this beautiful day. Thank you again for visitors. Thank you that we can be here and we can gather together as your children, as brothers and sisters in Christ. Father, we thank you again for our salvation, and that you've made this possible through your only Son, who you sent to be the propitiation for our sins. Thank you, Father. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning we're going to continue with God's love. If you haven't been here, well, we're looking at God's love. And two Sundays ago, that was the 24th of April and the 1st of May, we looked at God's love in God's Son. And hopefully this morning we're going to look at God's love in God's children. And it's going to be challenging, and hopefully it will challenge us and stir us up to examine our hearts to see, are we loving one another? Because this is what this letter is about. In the context, John is writing to encourage the church to love one another because there are people in the church that say they're 
love God and believe in God, but they're not loving one another. They're living as they please. They're living in sin. They're walking in darkness and walking in falsehood. So we are challenged. And we can thank the Lord for His Word, that He always helps us to, to come back on the narrow road and examine our hearts and to see if we are walking according to His Word, His ways, not our ways, and us adding to the Bible. The beautiful thing about this passage is that God has just not told us He loves us. He acted. He demonstrated His love. That while we're yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sent His Son to die on the cross for us. And like we've heard over the last two Sundays, that the Greek word for love is agape. And it means action. It's a verb. We can't just tell someone we love them. Yes, there will be a time when we will verbally tell someone we love them. But if the person's sitting next to you and they open up their heart to you about their need and you say, don't worry, Jack, I'm going to pray for you, pat him on the back, go well, and you have the world's needs in your own lap and you don't help him, that's not loving. Loving is, love is an action. And, and, and we need to know that we must put God's love into action. Like I've said, we want to move God's love that is in our head into our hands. And that's what we're trying to look at this morning. God's love is not, not just talking about it. It's not self-seeking. It's not pride. It's not selfishness. It's not self-glory or vanity. God's love is selflessness. It's a self-sacrifice. And we're commanded just not to love one another, but also to love our neighbor as ourselves. There's a lovely book written by well, Francis Schaeffer, a, a, a a great apologist and a great Christian thinker. He wrote a lovely chapter on the mark of the Christian, which was all to do with John chapter 13, verses 34 to 35, about loving one another. And he said, the nice thing is we should be able to love one another, yeah. But remember Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. So therefore it moves outside, yeah, to the unlovely, to the stranger, to the enemy. But if we struggle, yeah, to love one another, we're never going to be able to love out there. So we've got to look at God's Word, and we've got to allow God's Word to, to challenge us. Like I said, we've already looked at God's love in God's Son, which has put us in a loving relationship with God. Now, it just doesn't stop there. God's love must flow through His children into people's lives, starting yeah, with our brothers and sisters in Christ. Is this going to be easy? No. I guarantee you we all struggle to love. We do. And we will fail at it. So I want to start this morning saying, if you fail to love consistently, if you say you're a Christian but you're never loving your brother or sister, then you must examine your heart to see if you are really a true Christian. But if you fail in loving from time to time, which we will, who was the only person that lived perfect in love and loved us perfectly was Jesus. So don't even try to be like him. Just walk in his ways and obey his commandments. So we will fail in love. So don't be hard on ourselves. And he's written a lovely section here in this book on failure in love. And what he says that we must be careful 
What is true for Christians, really born again Christians, they will fail in their love towards other Christians. Doesn't mean you're not a Christian. But if you are, like I said, if you're practicing that, you need to examine your heart. So let's look at another two truths this morning from 1 John chapter 4, verses 12 to 21. To encourage us to embrace God's love and, and not just have it in our head, but have it in our hands so that we can love those around us here in this church. So I'm going to be preaching God's Word, and God's Word sets a very high standard. And God's standard is, you be perfect like our Father is perfect. But we know we'll never be perfect. That's the standard. So we can't just design our own love and what we want to do. Be holy like I'm holy. Be perfect like your Father is perfect. And this is what we want to do. We want to allow God's Word to help us to see are we loving according to Scripture? Here's our first truth. Our first truth to encourage us to embrace God's love. And like I said, not just have it in our head, but have it in our hands, is loving one another shows that God lives in us. And we're going to see this now, worked out in verses 12 to 16. Or we can go back as, as far as verse 11. If you look with me at verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And it's, it's amazing. Verse 7, he starts, Beloved, let us love one another. I'm looking at verse 7 in 1 John chapter 4. So it says there, Beloved, let us love one another. And then we've got a lovely gospel. Jesus' incarnation and Jesus' crucifixion. And then he comes out of that. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And he showed us in verses 9 to 10 how God loved us. He didn't just say it. He didn't just pat his disciples on the back. He showed us. God has shown us how he loved us. And I repeat that, that, that lovely Scripture from Romans chapter 5, verse 8. He sent his only son into the world to be the... Sorry. He demonstrated his love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He sent his son into the world to be the propitiation for our sins. That we might live through him. Now you're welcome to go back to the 20... I think I said the 24th of April and the 1st of May. And you can listen to those two sermons on God's love in God's Son. And I've expounded more on those words, what propitiation means and what the incarnation means. God is love. And God's word is not just teaching us about love, so we just talk about it. Like someone said, it is an eternal act clearly demonstrated at Calvary. God who is love has loved. And his children are now to love. If God has loved us, then we are to love one another. And this is what verses 7 to 11 we're talking about, and, but he continues. But how are we to do this? Mark, you've been telling us to love one another. You've been talking about love one another. You've, you've shown us in how God has loved us. How do we do this? It's active. It's action. 
How do you love your children? If you have children, when they ask you to do something, you act. You don't send a four-year-old off to the shops and to buy their own stuff. Mom, I need something. I need this or I need that. Well, tomorrow we can go down to the shops. You're actively involved in their lives. It's an action. And why does our love have to be active? Listen to verse 12 of 1 John chapter 4. No one has ever seen God. Okay, there's people that tell you they've seen God, they've been to heaven. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. This is such a valuable verse. You might see, I might spend some time in this verse. It's so valuable to us living as a Christian. Because the only way a person can see God in your life if you are loving one another. We always complain, why doesn't the world believe what we believe? Why doesn't the world understand what we talk about? Jesus is the way and the truth and life. No one comes to the Father but through Him. The reason why the world does not believe what we say sometimes or believe anything is because they do not see love in us as Christians. And if they don't see love in us, they're not going to see God. And why should they believe that God ever sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins? No one has ever seen God. And if we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. And we'll look at that love is perfected in us now. But let's remember, God's love cannot just stay in our heads. We cannot just talk about it and brag about God's love for me and what He's done for me, but it's never shown to the people in this world. It's lip service. It's talk. It's, it's head knowledge. God has saved us for us to love. God has saved us to love. He has poured out His love into our hearts for us to love. How do we know that? Because what did Jesus do when He came? He loved. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made Him known. Who is He then? Jesus made God known through His love. Are we making God's love known to the world and God known to the world through our love? Am I? This is hard stuff. This is why we need each other. This is why we need to be in church. We need to hear these words so we can be rebuked or exhorted or encouraged or, 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 or challenged. Wow. If I went to my neighbor and asked him, Sir, do you see God's love in my, my life? What would he say? Do you see God in me? What will he say? Do you see me loving the people around me? What will he say? We know God cannot be seen because we know from 1 Timothy 1.17 where Paul writes to, to Timothy, he says to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, we honour, glory forever and ever. Amen. Invisible. God is a spirit. And if we say we know God, then we're telling people God lives in me. And if, people, if, people, if God lives in me, then people must know that by your love. 
how you are loving one another. And the disciples saw Jesus' love. They saw how he related with the unlovely, with the enemy, with the stranger. They saw how he healed not only his people, but also the Gentiles. But when you think about it, Jesus is no longer here on earth. Because God revealed himself through Jesus to the people around him for those three years. How does God reveal himself to the world now? You should know by now. Through our loving one another. And our telling about Jesus, who is our saviour of the world. It is our love for one another that reveals the unseen God to the world. How is our dark, fallen, perverse world ever to know what God is like if they don't see us loving one another? How is our world wasting away in spiritual darkness ever to see God if we are not loving one another? God has revealed himself through the lives of his children. If you think about that verse, it just comes to my mind. Psalm 19 verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God. God's children should declare the glory of God as well. Not just the heavens. And, and that's general revelation. That will never save someone. But it points them to God. And hopefully if it points them to God, they will see Christians loving one another and they can come and talk to them about this God because they see, wow, you're different. There's heavens that declare God's glory. Somehow you're also declaring God's glory. We want to know about this God. Then you tell them that special revelation. But they're never going to come to us if they don't see us loving one another. God's purpose in saving us is to dwell with his people. He did that in the Old Testament. He walked with Enoch. He lived in the Holy of Holies, in the tabernacle and the, and the temple. He lived with his people. He dwelt with his people. Where does God dwell today? Where does God live today? In our hearts. Our body is now a temple of God. And with that comes his love. And his glory should be shining into the lives of people. Matthew, I think it's Matthew... Um, 5.18 says In the same way let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Well if we're loving one another then our light will shine and people will see our good works and they will want to give glory to our Father. Not everybody but more than what's happening now And then, then verse 12 comes to an end there and it says, well, let's read it. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. The only way God's love is, can be perfected in us and the only way that God's love can mature in us if it's flowing out through our hands. It's imperfect love if it just stops in our head. It's nothing's going to happen to that love. It's not going to grow. It's not going to mature. It's just going to remain dead love and words. 
But as soon as it, that love is worked through us, through our hands, into the lives of people, it's being perfected. It's actually serving its purpose and its aim is to show people God. Loving one another shows that God lives in us. And His love can do what it's supposed to do in us and through us into this dark world. But if it's not, then God's love just remains incomplete, imperfect, if we're not loving one another. There's a quote, I think, I think it's the quote on the bulletin. The church is the world's window to God. What do people see in Robertson Reformed Community Church? What do visitors have to say when they leave and if they don't come back? They don't come back because they don't see love. They don't come back because they don't like the theology. They don't come back. They know, I don't know. To love is hard. But we can help each other. I'll be honest with you, I'll tell you something personal. There was a fellow in our church three Sundays ago, on the 24th of April, after I preached this sermon, he needed needs. He needed something. I said to him, I can't help him now. But I could. I could have got him a car and gone to the shops and got him something. He came back the second Sunday. I didn't bring him anything. Then I decided to bring him something the third Sunday. He didn't come. Now he's here the fourth Sunday. What am I going to do? Still not listen to God's command and love him? It's hard. It's hard because sometimes we're so self-centered and so focused on ourselves. Yes, I make myself vulnerable. Everybody says, thinks the plot, the pastor's perfect. I'm not perfect. God's word is also teaching me how to love, how to care. The fact that I'm preaching God's word as faithful as I can and truthfully as I can does show I love you. I can't, I can't come here and let's all just clap around these verses. Because your destination is about these verses. If you're not loving the person next to you like you should be loving, and it's every day, every day, you just turn your back on people, then you've got to examine your heart to see if you really are a Christian. Because God is not in us if we're not loving. He can't. He's in us so we can love. The fact that God has put His love in us causes us to love. God is living us in us. And how has He made this possible? Well, we just got to go to verse 13. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. God knows we're not going to do this on our own. And yet we still struggle with the Helper, the Holy Spirit, living in us. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, is also there to testify about Jesus as the Saviour of the world. He's also there to bring this truth to our hearts, to convict us of our sin, so that we repent and we put our faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and love like we're called to love. And it's amazing in verse 13, 14, 
And I think 15, John starts to talk about we, especially verse 14. And we have seen and testify that the Father has sent His Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. The Holy Spirit is a witness. He testifies to us that we are Christians because He testifies to our hearts that we are children of God and we can cry to Abba Father. But He also testifies us to the truth that Jesus is the Saviour of the world. What What do you mean Jesus is the Saviour of the world? We go back to 9 and 10. Jesus is the incarnation. Jesus died on the cross, the crucifixion. He died to forgive our sins. He died to rescue us from God's wrath. That's what we deserve. He's the Saviour of the world. And John says, we saw Him. We testify about this man who we saw, who showed us how to love. I have a feeling that if I, if I go back to John um, chapter 13, and I was discussing this during the week with Willem as well, and John chapter 13, verse 35, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. Just as I have loved you, you also ought to love one another. Imagine if Jesus stopped. A new command I give to you, that you love one another. You also ought to love one another. He doesn't stop there. He in between. Just like I have loved you, you ought to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. And I think, yeah. John has taken John 13, verses 34 to 35, and given us a sermon, fleshed out in verses 7 to 21. He's telling us, look how Jesus loved you. Look how He came in the flesh, in the incarnation. Look how He died on the cross, propitiation for our sins. Look, He's the Savior. He has rescued us from the wrath to come. And guess what? Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, And believe that God abides in you. And if God abides in you, then you ought to love. And if you are loving, you are showing the world that God abides in you. Guys, it's it's actually not rocket science. If there's people out there that are saying they're Christians and they're living in sin and they're not living according to the scriptures, God actually doesn't live in them. Because if he did, they would love to be in church and they would love to be sitting under God's word and they would love to be loving people around them. God has put, us, put himself in us for that purpose so we love one another. That is what's lacking in our churches, is love. That's what's lacking in the world. And the reason why it maybe lacks in the world because it's lacking in the church. We're the salt and light to this world. When, when God returns and Jesus returns on Judgment Day, and Lord willing, we'll look at verses 17 onwards because it speaks about Judgment Day. But if Jesus had to return, will he see us loving one another? In verse 16, says it. So we have come to know him. 
And to believe the love that God has for us. God is love and ever abides in love, abides in God and God abides in Him. That's it. God is love and He demonstrated that love towards, um, towards us that while we were sinners, Christ died for us so He can come live in us. His love abides in us and if His love abides in us, then God abides in us. Again, we will fail to love I'm not saying if you fail to love once, you're not a Christian. You need to look at your life in a continuous pattern. Do you practice not loving? Let us, let us allow God's Word to challenge us. Let us be the, 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 the men and women that God has called us to be, to walk in His ways, to honour Him. I mean, John... John doesn't criticize anybody, he doesn't point finger at anybody, he just, he's just pointing people to the cross. You want to know if you're a Christian? Look at the cross. And if you, are you in line with the cross? Are you, are you holding faithfully to the cross? Do you deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow Christ? Because John says, lovely verse always challenges me, whoever says he abides in Jesus ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. And Jesus has given us lots of commands. Lots of principles, how to live, how to honour Him. And if we deny Him, we deny His Word, we deny God. And maybe the truth is not in us. Like someone said, where there is true faith that rests on Christ alone for salvation, love will be present, for God is love. And that's why Paul goes on to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. It's love. We need to be cultivating that love so that it can be perfected in us, that it can mature in us, that it can serve its purpose and aim is to love someone, especially a brother and sister in Christ. But if people don't see us loving one another, then how will they ever believe that we are His disciples? They have all the reason not to believe that. So we mustn't get upset with people that don't want to believe our testimony and don't want to believe our witnessing when we share the words if they don't see love in us, how can we get upset with them? Because they're not seeing God. Hopefully this first truth that we've looked at, loving one another shows that God lives in us, that we've looked at from 1 John chapter 4, verses 12 to 16. Hopefully it will encourage us to embrace God's love and not just have it in our head. Let's stop boasting about how much Christianity we know and let people see our boasting worked out through our hands into the lives of people. Will we be encouraged to go out that door and show God's love to the world through our hands as we love one another? What's the point of calling yourself a Christian, memorizing the entire Bible, Boasting about how much you know, but there's no love flowing out through your hands. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that your word is there to cut deep into our hearts. It's a double-edged sword. It's there to rebuke us. And it's there to warn us. Father, your, your word is so true. And I think of 
your word in Revelation chapter 2, where it talks about the church of Ephesus. They've abandoned their love that they had at first. Are we not seeing that in our churches today, Father? That they've abandoned your love to witness, to love one another? Father, please forgive us. Please forgive us and teach us through your word to love one another. Be patient with us. Be merciful to us. Help us now as we come to examine our hearts through the Lord's Supper, knowing that there you demonstrated your love towards us. And we ask, are we demonstrating our love to the lost, dark world? Are we loving sacrificially? Father, your, your, your word is so true. In, in, in John chapter 3, you've told us, for this we know love, that Jesus laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brothers. Are we doing that? Do we have sacrificial love? Love that takes us out of our complacency. Love that challenges us. Puts us on the edge. Risks are taken. Father, forgive us. We are a very complacent church. We are a very comfortable church. Help us, Father. Just turn us. Be patient with us. To loving you with all our heart, soul, mind and strength. And then loving one another. Help us, Father. Help us to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters in loving them, in showing that love. Let us stop talking and let it go into our hands and through our hands into the lives of people. Father, please be merciful, be gracious to us. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.